0: Hello and welcome to the sick podcast, Giants Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on this planet, in this universe. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode six. Going to be hitting a little bit of the Giants' incredible week two victory against the Cardinals and a small preview into Thursday night football matchup against the Niners. Very excited to go over this yet with y'all. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The The Sick Sick Podcast. Podcast. Giants Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The Sickest New York Giants Podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, 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 sick. All right, like I said, going to be hitting the Giants just ridiculous week to win 28 to seven comeback against the Arizona Cardinals, a game that probably shouldn't have been 28 to seven at one point, if we're keeping it honest. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. And the Giants did win thanks to some heroics from Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And really the whole team, the team as a whole in the second half, a lot of really bad mistakes in the first half that really is you know the reason for the Giants being down so much especially in the defensive side of the ball a lot of stupid penalties dumb mistakes by players that honestly in my opinion shouldn't even be on the field I'll get into that in a minute a little bit but just uh, an awful way to start the game me personally I usually watch the games from home I'm not the most like oh let's go out to a place to watch them but a couple of my coworkers wanted to go to Applebee's to watch it. and I said sure and you know what I ate a lot of wings because I was I was drowning my sorrow in those Applebee's bottomless wings. If you guys don't know the deal, and it it was it was it was rough. It was really rough hours for a while, but thankfully the Giants came back and saved me from a week of depression. Anyways, uh, first half of the game again, terrible start, defense mistakes. Micah McFadden, a player I want to take some time to talk about, a player who I'm not gonna say I dislike because I don't like saying that, and I don't like being overly negative. So I'm gonna take this from a purely objective standpoint. Micah McFadden's not good. <laughs> like in the most objective way possible, the Giants defense is only going to suffer by continuing to play Micah McFadden. I get that they have Isaiah Simmons and I know that they're probably waiting for him to be fully adjusted to the playbook before they give him uh basically Micah McFadden's reps, but he just, he cannot get to be allowed to continue to start at linebacker week one. He was fine. He was pretty bad in coverage. Like he usually is, but like he made a couple of nice plays against the run, had a lot of tackles this week. It was really bad. Missed a lot of easy tackles. Looked just abysmal in coverage. Like the, the Cardinals were eating him alive, like targeting him at points because he couldn't cover a, a traffic cone. Like he was really, really bad on that. And It came to the point where I'm watching this and I'm like, this guy shouldn't even be on the field. Like, I know I was a big proponent of Darian Beavers and he didn't look very good in the preseason recovering from a torn ACL. And some players, it takes longer for that. We saw it with Saquon Barkley. When he came back from his torn ACL, it took him a year to really get back to where he originally was. And it's probably going to be like that with Darian Beavers. Hence why he's on the practice squad right now. But then the Giants traded for Isaiah Simmons, who I'm really hoping that they start giving more reps. I think he got like anywhere from 15 to 18 snaps last game which isn't bad I hope to see more out of him because he did make a couple of very nice plays went on the field but it's just the Giants have had really bad linebackers for a very long time now like watching Tay Crowder be my team's starting linebacker for two or three years to like give me night gave me nightmares like he was really bad and I get the Giants have Bobby Okereke who is really good has been really good this season like the difference and what the defense could be with a linebacker versus without one and but the problem is is that you can only run a one linebacker set so often and when Micah McFadden's on the field the offense knows that and they target him especially in the past game against tight ends they're gonna see what zone he's running before the play is called and they're gonna they're gonna attack him like just in all honesty he can't he's really bad in coverage it's becoming a big problem again hopefully Isaiah Simmons start playing but that's probably the only really negative thing I'm going to talk about. Like it was a terrible start of the game to the game. Like we all know that, but the giants won, and I don't like being negative after a win. So only flack I'm going to give anyone is to Micah McFadden. And it's more of like, he, I didn't have many expectations for him for a fifth round pick, but the giants have to figure something out because he, he cannot continue to start. The the defense is only going to suffer. Um, but in, in good news, uh, Josh Zudu and Marcus McKeithen both made their first career starts against the Cardinals. Both of those guys looked really good. Like, I was honestly really surprised, especially by Marcus McKeithen, because he's like a fifth or fifth round pick, I think, towards ACL before the season really even started, missed all of his rookie year, comes in, starts at right guard, first career start ever against the so-so defensive line. And plays really well. I think he only gave up two pressures. Izudu did give up a sack, but he was excellent every single other play. Um, Which, again, is surprising because he was drafted as a guard and in his first career start makes it at left tackle and looks great. Very surprised by them. Glad to see Mark Lewinsky finally get benched. I know I went on a whole tirade last episode on why I dislike Mark Lewinsky. And he did end up coming in. I'll get into the injuries that happened this game. But Ben Bredesen did go out with an injury not many updates on him right now which is kind of weird but Mark Lewinsky did come in he looked fine he looked like Mark Lewinsky which is okay I guess um and the the kind of the takeaway I came away with this game or the takeaway I have from this game let me rephrase that is if Evan Neal continues to struggle like he has he was fine this game like he gave up I think two or three pressures Got penalized a couple times, especially on the hold on the Daniel Jones rushing touchdown. Didn't end up mattering as a Giants scored anyways, but still not a good look. Really struggled week one, as we all know. If he continues to struggle, I do think that the Giants should consider benching him. We, I understand he's a seventh overall pick. He might need time to develop, but the Giants are trying to make the playoffs, and you can't put that at jeopardy for the development of one player. It's one thing if we're like last year where we were going, the Giants were going into the season expecting a rebuild and no one expected them to really make the playoffs. And you were allowed to start Evan Neal every game he struggled because it was just developing him. Now it's in year two. I'm trying to make the playoffs again. You can't jeopardize the whole offense to prioritize one player. And with it, the way Izudu's looked through two games, it might be time to shift him over to right tackle and see how he does over Evan Neal. Maybe you can even move Evan Neal to, to guard. I know he's very like he's a large man, so like it might be a little clunky for him to play guard, but it might also be easier for him to play guard because the problem is is that he's having issues getting off the line, getting that initial uh, rep, and putting him at guard is going to make it a lot easier because you don't there's not as much of an emphasis on getting off the line fast, especially as a run blocker. Which he's look Evan Neal has looked pretty solid as a run blocker thus far, which is nice because. Obviously, he's not a very—he hasn't been a very good pass protector. Uh, John Michael Schmitz looked ridiculous, hundred percent pass pass. What's it called? What's stack called again? Pass ru, pass block win rate. That's the stat I'm thinking of. Hundred percent. I mean, it literally doesn't get better than that, like at all. He's been incredible for a rookie. And I'm just so glad the Giants finally have like the foundation of what could one day be a great offensive line. They have their two studs and John Michael Schmitz and Evan or Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, hopefully Evan Neal becomes what we thought he could be. And then you, now you have Josh Izudo, Mark Marcus McKeithen, where it's like, could these guys be rotational guards? Could they be good tackles? Like, it's only one week so against again a Soso defensive line so i'm not going to get too overhyped we'll have to see how they play against the niners which is a much better defensive line but it still gets me excited because the giants have had offensive line issues for almost 10 years now and if they finally have the this young core that's all going to mesh well together things could be looking even brighter than they already do um jason pinnock a very underrated giant from this game had 13 tackles, three tackles for loss, which is flying all over the field. He's looked very solid this year alongside Xavier McKinney because there was a whole big question mark after Julian Love left of who was going to fill in some, including myself, thought it was going to be Dane Belton. He hasn't really, I'm not going to say he hasn't panned out. He's a fifth round pick, but uh, hasn't been that great. And Jason Pinnock kind of stepped up in the preseason training camp, showed a lot and has been fine. He's not the best in coverage. No one expected him to be the best in coverage, but as a run stopping safety, he's filling Julian Love's shoes very well. Julian love was like not very good for like three years. And in his contract year broke out into, I wouldn't say a top safety, but like probably a top run stopping safety as like a run defending safety. He was definitely amongst the, the top in the NFL. Um, Jalen Hyatt, great game had a very, very bad drop uh, against the Cowboys, but showed up this time two catches for 89 yards. Both catches were just basically what you'd expect. He obviously had his deep streak route where he just caught it obviously and made a nice play. And then there's another one where he actually made a heavily contested uh, catch on a what looked like an out route. That's the kind of stuff I want to see out of Jalen Hyatt. We know his speed. We know his route running. It's making those tough catches like that, which is, which is where the question marks were coming into this year. And if he can continue to make plays like that, he's going to be a game changer. And he's someone I want to see more of because – I mean, not only do I think he is, he's better than a lot of the Giants receivers right now, like Paris Campbell, he was really not that good this game, dropped two very easy catches. Like, that's someone I want to see Jalen Hyatt get more snaps over. But even the, the threat of his speed uh, is really enough to open things up in the short game. Cause you're gonna, it, like, it almost seems like if you're the defense and you have Jalen Hyatt lined up on the outside, you have to put the safety over top unless you're gonna drop your corners back. And then if you drop your corners back, That's going to make it way easier for the Giants to cook in the short game, which we know is their specialty. So, like, having that threat there is going to make things way easier for your offense, which is, again, why I think you should get more snaps. I don't know how many snaps he got this game. I haven't looked yet. PFF just released all their stats, like, not that long ago, and I haven't had the chance to look at all of them. I got, I looked at, uh, you know, all the linemen and all that, like I normally do. But another really interesting storyline that came from this game was that Brian Dable, potentially, allegedly, maybe took over play calling in the second half. It certainly seemed like he did, not only from the style of play calling, but I mean you could literally see him looking at a sheet of paper and then like covering his mouth and saying plays. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he did because Mike Kafka, I'm not gonna blame the offensive struggles on the play calling, but the play calling was not good. Like there was one, I think it was like a third and down Third and down. Geez. Third down. I, I think like maybe like a third and five. And the Giants ran a play. They had two guys out outside left. Uh Darren Waller off the line. And I think it was Slayton, uh, outside right. The two guys lined up left, both ran in routes, like stacked on top of each other. No, it was Hodgins. Hodgins was also it, it was it was double, double wide on each side. Hodgins ran a post, so you have basically three guys in the middle of the field all within like 10 yards of each other and then slayton ran it like a hitch route like you're making it obvious for the defense to know where the ball is going because you have all these guys stacked up and then one guy on his own like that's just not good play calling you're making it so obvious as to where the ball is going and that's what happens because the cardinal cardinals picked up on it really quickly and their corner made a really nice play and stopped the giant's drive plays like that from my Kafka or what kills me it really reminds me of like a Jason Garrett I'm not going to compare the two because as much as I have my issues with my Kafka sometimes it's not even close to as bad as Jason Garrett was like it takes a lot to be that bad um it, it's just play calls like that really bother me sometimes because it's like my Kafka you are such a smart football mind and such a great playmaker play caller at times where there's no excuse for something like that and just other plays in general this game that really didn't make any sense so if dable took over the play calling that's great i mean i kind of want him to take over the play calling because like mike kafka is a fine offensive coordinator but he just has so many moments where i'm like dude like what are you doing Like, why are you doing this right now? Same with Wink Martindale, honestly. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I might get heat for this. I don't like Wink Martindale that much. I don't like his style of defense in the modern NFL. I don't like his the personnel he throws out. Like, there were two plays on the Cardinals two-point conversion that I think Josh Dobbs might have ran in. And uh one of their and James Connor's first touchdown on both of those plays. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams were not in the game. I get we have, like, this new defensive line depth with uh, Rakeem Nunez-Rochez, Ashawn Robinson. I know Jordan Riley didn't play this game, but, you know, include him in there. And I get that. They're good players. But especially Dexter Lawrence, like, he should be playing snaps like that. Like, very crucial snaps. Like, I, I just find that silly. It didn't look like there were too many blitzes this game, but, like, still... I don't like the style of blitz everyone and then just have solo coverage in the modern NFL. Like you have to run zones at this point. It almost seems like, or, or just make it so they have to play a like Ben don't break style defense. Like that's kind of where the modern NFL is going. Like I saw a stat that was talking about like how there were like no deep passes thrown in week one compared to previous years. And that's just the way the modern NFL is going. It's such a pass heavy offensive era that teams are just like, all right, you can get your little five yard dump offs, but you're not gonna beat us deep. And that's kind of what the Giants need to do. Like there were a lot of plays where guys were left one on one and they got cooked. Especially when you have such a young secondary too. Like if they're a more experienced uh secondary, that's fine. But when you have like Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks, who played great by the way, and I mean Dore Jackson isn't young, but like playing kind of a new position because he's been in the slot a lot this season, you can't really afford to leave them one on one especially with guys like Marquise Brown, who's like one of the fastest receivers in the NFL, and he was cooking at first. He didn't really do much uh, in the like towards the second half. I mean, no one on the Cardinals did much in the second half of the game. Obviously, they had 28 points early in the third and didn't score for the rest of the game, but still, the point remains, that style of defense just doesn't work anymore, and not to mention the fact of with how often he blitzes, the Giants don't have a sack through two games. That's a problem like you spend a second round pick on Aziz Ojalari, fifth overall pick on uh, Kayvon Thibodeau you Leonard Williams is making 38 has a cap hit of 38 million dollars which that's not you know how much his contract overall is worth but still big cap hit you pay Dexter Lawrence like the top defensive tackle he is you sign a Sean Robinson Raheem Nunez Rochez and you don't get a sack through two games that's it's it's not only are they not getting sacks they're not getting pressure like period like the amount of times where josh jobs just had all day to throw and the cardinals have a fine offensive line they don't have a bad one by any means they don't have a great one by any means they have a fine offensive line but guys like Kayvon and dexter lawrence should be destroying them dexter lawrence had a good game he was fine didn't get a sack but like He's a nose tackle, and he ate like a nose tackle. He was made some very nice plays in the run. Was still getting after the quarterback. Racked up a couple pressures, but like Kayvon Thibodeau didn't do anything. He didn't. I don't think he racked up a, a stat. I think he had a quarterback hit. Maybe. Yeah. No. He had he had a one quarterback hit. Zero tackles. Zero anything else. Maybe PFF gave him like a quarterback hurry or something like that. But like looking at ESPN's box score from the game, he didn't do anything. Leonard Williams didn't rack up a stat this game didn't do much week one, like it's bad. And then there's no Aziz Ojalari. obviously, is hamstring injury. And he's a guy who is starting to become I, I hate this for I hate the phrase injury prone. I hate it because a lot of the times it's used when it shouldn't be used, but I hate to say it. Aziz is kind of entering that territory, missed a lot of last season and is now missing a game this week and potentially probably gonna miss Thursday night football too, because it's because of a short week. Like it's it's very frustrating to see how much this team invested in their pass rush and they're just not getting anything done. Like it's a problem. Uh, but for other storylines, this game, Saquon Barkley went out with what's looking like a sprained ankle. It looked like a really scary play. He basically ran up the middle and kind of got like bent backwards. You can see is, you could see where the sprain happened. Um, definitely not going to play this week. I, I don't think there's a world where he does. Maybe if they played on Sunday, he could maybe squeeze it out, but it's a Thursday night game. The Giants, I think, if they're not already in San Francisco, they're going to be there soon. So, like, there's there's no way he plays. Ben Brettison did get hurt. I think I saw him get carted off during the game. I have heard literally nothing about him, which is again is weird because you know a starting offensive lineman, which hurts me because now I have to watch Mark Lewinsky play again. It's going to be interesting to see if they keep Lewinsky at left guard like they did this game, or if they're going to move McKeithen over to right or McKeithen over to left and put Lewinsky back starting right guard I personally would keep McKeithen right he looked better and how he helped Evan Neal out a lot this week just a a ridiculous game (laughs) like I, I have never had my reactions flip in a Giants game that much like it was just absurd and it just goes to show like that this team can still be what they were last season like They were outscored 60 to nothing through the first six quarters, obviously. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know if the team isn't prepared, if they're just they don't have that dog in them. Like, I I don't know, because that's really what it seems like. It seems like the team, they just don't got enough dog. Like, (laughs) for lack of better phrase, they they're just they didn't look ready. They didn't look willing to compete. They looked. I hate saying again, I hate saying this about players. They looked lazy, especially like a lot of the guys defensively. And it just a tough, a tough start. Didn't matter though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. A lot of Giants fans have been very, very negative on the time on the Twitter timeline today. And I'm not gonna be one of those fans. I'm not gonna let a one bad half of football determine how I'm gonna feel for the entire game. Like the Giants won. That's all I care about. I, I was very happy when they won. I'm glad I got to witness a crazy comeback. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about this game. Going to hit a little bit of a short uh, preview for week three, because I obviously do my previews the day, uh, the day before the day of uh, the game. Scary game. I'm, I'm pretty worried about this game with that, especially if Saquon doesn't play. I'm going to assume Andrew Thomas is good to go. I think the Giants just kind of took this as like a precautionary resting for Andrew Thomas against the Cardinals, because he was probably like at 80% health, but they didn't want to risk it against such a, big-time team and a big-time defensive line. Nick Bosa hasn't really done much this year, but I feel like he's just prone to have one of those games, especially if he lines up against Evan Neal, which is just nightmare fuel. This is a game where the Giants cannot come out and be lackadaisical. I'm going to bring out my inner my inner Walt Frazier here. They cannot be lackadaisical. They can't be lazy. They can't come out without any dog. This is the San Francisco 49ers who have are 2-0 in the season, consistently one of the best teams in the NFL, one of if not the best defensive units in the NFL, they can't afford to be lazy against this team. They need to come out and strike fast. They need to let the Niners know that they mean business. This is not a game that they can just get out, score 20 to nothing in the first half and pray that they can come back. The Niners are not the Cardinals. I'm not gonna lie. The Cardinals are tanking, dude. They suck. Like they don't. They don't want to win games this year. They know that. They know that Kyler Murray is gonna be gone for, if not the whole year, most of it. So, do you think they really care about winning games? No. <laughs> no. So, like the Niners, they do. They're gonna come out and they're probably gonna look to kick the Giants' teeth in. Like they're they are going to take this game really seriously because, like, it's just the way they are. The Niners are such a fun team, though. Like this is going to be my little tangent. I'm going to go on here. The Niners are such a fun team. Like I really do wish the Giants ended up trading for Brandon Ayuk. He's been incredible this week or this year. He's a guy I've always been a big fan of. And just the it's scary to think about what could happen this game because the Giants have a very reactionary fan base, as all New York sports teams do. It's just it's the way we are. Not me. I'm not. I'm not too. I like to think I'm not too like reactionary with with my takes and what I say. I like to think I look at things objectively, but like with the way they barely scrape by against the Cardinals, if things go badly against the Niners, like they did against the Cowboys, some very annoying things are likely going to be said in the timeline. And when in reality, the Giants just aren't as good as the Niners. They weren't as good as the Cowboys. Like those are two of the top, teams in the nfl regardless of how you feel about them a lot of people hate the cowboys but from an objective standpoint they're one of the best teams in the nfl i hate to say it but like they are it just it's saying it how it is but this is a game where rink martindale don't blitz dude i know i know it's like your addiction but just don't blitz like we they need to do everything they can to slow christian mccaffrey down I, I know I said it like last uh, about this game, like let, let Josh Dobbs beat us. And then he almost did like that. Dude is looking like Patrick Mahomes at times, but like let Brock Purdy beat us. I'm fine with that. Let like, let someone who I'm not the biggest fan of. And I'm not only, I'm not saying that cause like I'm a hater, but like, I just, the way that they handed him the reins after five games and then never gave Trey Lance a shot is probably always going to bother me regardless of if Brock Purdy ends up being like, this great quarterback that they think he'll be or not. That situation really just bothered me. Let that dude beat us like Christian McCaffrey. It it worries me more than anyone on that offense, especially with how bad the Giants run defenses look this year. Even with the addition of Bobby Okereke, A'shaun Robinson, all these run stoppers, the Giants run defense looks, I'm not going to say as bad as last year, because they were arguably the worst run stop or worst run defense in the NFL, but it's pretty bad. Like I'm again, I'm worried. Defense. Oh my goodness! I'm so I'm so scared for Nick Bosa if he lines up against Evan Neal, and then you have Fred Warner, then you have Dre Greenlaw, then you have Travis Ward. Uh, I can't remember his name, but Huafanga. That was definitely not how you say his name. But I'm I'm sorry, dog. If if I mispronounced your name, All Pro member safety. Like this is a scary team to play against. Thursday Night Football back in the limelight and i hope they don't get blown out 40 to nothing again on again on national television that's just not a good look regardless of if the giants end up making it you know to the playoffs again getting blown out and back-to-back national television games is just not good giant I'll, but i'll leave it at this giants need to be aggressive early on regardless of if they get the ball first or not come out on offense firing Get Jalen Hyatt out there. Get him to at least take up space and make the defense have to worry about him to open things up down low. If you need to have him run streak routes every play and then get hit, like, I don't know, Sterling Shepard, who I don't even think he has a catch in two games, which makes me sad, but like hit a guy like that down low. Go ahead. Darren Waller, who's leading tight ends. And I don't know about receptions, but I know receiving yards. Get him cooking. Fred Warner's a great coverage linebacker, but Darren Waller's a great tight end. That's going to be a really fun matchup the more I'm thinking about it. Um, it's just a game where I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Giants lost. Like I'm kind of almost expecting it, but there's a very real chance that the Giants can do something crazy here. It, like If Nick Bosa continues to have a slow start to the year, Brock Purdy finally makes a couple of mistakes, the Giants can easily take this game over. I'm not going to get too crazy because... They barely beat the Cardinals and they got blown out 40 nothing the week before. But I'm saying there's a chance. I'm going to give the Giants a better chance, and I feel like a lot of people will obviously have a little bias, but that's just how I'm going to put it. But with that being said, going to wrap this episode up here. I'm going to be, I think, episode seven preview for this game is going to be out before the game, obviously you know, that's what I'm going to do. My big preview, going into some offensive defensive line matchups, probably going to go in a bit into the Fred Warner, Darren Waller matchup. Cause the more I think about that, I'm really excited for that, that coverage matchup, like a top receiving tight end against probably yeah no, the best linebacker in football. No doubt. I love Fred Warner so much, but again, that being said, going to cut it off here. Thank you all so much for watching and I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.